All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just after 3 o'clock, how are you? Welcome back. Game day on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, lots of text flying in, 833-401-1440. Comment sections, people wondering about uh, the bonus for Brown. Michael saying they should send him the minors, save the money for next year. It's, uh, it's a mathematical equation that makes sense, but it's not... Uh, one that's realistic. Connor Brown's an, a legit NHL player. It's been six games. I get that the uh, the bonuses ne- that uh, will count against the cap next year are less than ideal. But you put him on waivers, you'd lose him for nothing. Another team would claim him because he's a $775 cap hit this year. And they'll worry about next year. Connor Brown can help your team. There's no one in the American League that's better than Connor Brown. None. Zero. Zilch. Stop it. There isn't any. Not right now. Not on the orders. Farm team. Greg's show is always presented by playalberta.ca where uh, you can get in. Do you know that you can win a grand for life in the draw? A thousand bucks a day. Just every day you wake up, boom, there's a thousand dollars in your bank account. Like, it'd be nice. Right? You could still work, but you're making an extra 7G a week. Hmm. Extra 30 grand a month. Sometimes 31 grand. I guess sometimes only 28. Depends on the month. Either way, pretty cool. Check it out, playalberta.ca. We welcome to the program. He is our uh, regular Monday and uh, Thursday guest on the show. Terry Ryan joins us. TR, how are you? I'm not bad. Jason just got announced that we're doing uh, officially doing season three of Shorzy. We start produce or production... 
in just a couple weeks, so I'm really excited. I had a good idea it was going to happen, but nothing was official. Is that why you're looking very classy with your hat today? Very classy. Oh, I like it. Trendy. It's just, so, I like it. I got a few of those. No, yeah. I put, put the hat back on, okay? Dad, yeah, don't ruin it. Put the hat back on. <laughs> kind of like my hitch hat, really. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I thought you were in character. You're like, hey, fellas, what's no. going on? Uh, we did have... I got. Hey, guys, is TR ever going to do a show as hitch voice the entire time? I'm, I, he probably could. Yeah, I could. I'm, I'm just imitating really one person we used to kind of... His name is Tony. If you can believe this, Jason, I won't get far into it, but it's a real huge coincidence or serendipitous or whatever you might call it. But we grew up, Mount Pearl, and the, 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 the Zamboni driver is a legendary figure. His name is Tony Fowler. They call him Fonts. Okay. Okay. So he would often let us into the rink. I just remember my, my dad would coach the junior or the senior team for like a string of years right in my prime of growing up. And my mom was running the schedule for hockey in Mount Pearl. So she would always make sure they went on last. And me and a few of my buddies would, would, would go on. After the team would go off, we'd shoot pucks. And Fonts would let us on. And the odd time, you know, if there was nobody on there, he'd just let us gather a game. Just be quiet now, guys. Don't say it. Definitely put it this way. Definitely contributed to me playing professional hockey, Fonts Paolo. There's no doubt about that. On an, an, Hundreds of extra hours of hockey that I wouldn't have had. Okay, so but he used to drive the Zamboni, and you can there's articles about him in the paper. He's a legend in Mount Pearl. He, we would imitate him, right? So that's why I can do hits without really thinking about it, right? I can do it like this because he's just doing a townie, right? Now you, there's all dialects all over Newfoundland. Yeah. So like when Jared and he watches Coldwater Cowboys, Jared, and that's he loves that show. But again, they're from all over, so there's dialects everywhere. It's a yeah. mishmash of. Different, you know, I mean, a lot of it has an Irish twang, twang, twang to it. Uh, but, you know, there's other parts. The problem might be Scottish or English. Usually comes from that part of the world, but it's been slangified. I guess they call it Newfoundese, right? But there's all different forms of it. So I'm doing that. Now, as I sit here, Fonce had a stroke a few years ago, and he's in a home now. His brother, Bert, is my godfather. That it just like and I don't talk to I talk to Fonts my whole life. I would hang out. He's in the trail behind his house. I would go up, have a beer with him. He'd have a fire going. I'd see him. You know, I didn't really hang out with Bert much. But when Fonts went into the home, I came back here, and I'm literally I bought his house. I'm sitting in it. This is where this is Fonts's place. Come on, right? So yeah, and it just it just worked out like that. Like I didn't email Bert. I just looked at. It. I go, geez, this is great. It's a little little house. I got it for about one hundred and twenty thousand in Mount Pearl. You wouldn't believe it. It's just it's built so long ago that it's small. It's six hundred and fifty. There's nothing wrong with it. Square feet, nice trail out back with water. So I I saw it come up and I said, God. And at that point, my ex wife Danielle Penny Lane's mom was moving to Calgary. And uh, I said, you know, I'll get a place if I can for me and Penny Lane. I just kind of looked. I had some financial woes years before that, to say the least. But I finally, I'm like, okay, I got Shorzy here now. And I, my podcast, I'm starting to get some regular income here. I think I can spring for a place, right? Especially when the down payment's like 5000 So anyway, I'm sitting here now. And I, I you know, Fonts, if he, I, I don't know if he can compute what it meant to me. But, you know, because he's, he, he took a turn for the worse. He's alive. But uh, it's just funny. And Penny Lane, when I would go for walks, it's really close to my parents where they grew up. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a nice little area in Old Mount Pearl. And I literally sit here in his house 
talking to you, telling you a story about, and that's who I'm who I'm imitating. That is Ted Hitchcock's voice. Okay, if you can believe it. Nice. Well, yeah, because well, you can just turn it on pretty easily, so it wouldn't be that difficult for you to do a whole show in the Hitch no, voice. It wouldn't. And when I first, those some people are going to hear this from Mount Pearl, and they'll go, no, but he'd speak slower than that. Yes, the first scene Ted Hitchcock did on Letter Kenny, it's more of a drawl. I can just do the accent because I just sped it up. But when you imitate, you know, when you can get in the so, so like so a, do an a Letter Kenny was like, what are you at, boys? You want to play or what? How about this? You go to the slot. You go. I'll come where you're to. You stay where you're at, right? Like it was more like kind of laid back. And then when I saw Hitch and Shorzy, and I'm, I'm like, I, I kind of asked Jared, I go, can I can I speed this up a little bit? He's like, that's kind of what I want you to do. So it's fonts, but it's sped up. Okay, well that may stay where he is. I'll come where you at. That's what I remember because I used to work uh, with a few. Stay uh, where you're too. Yeah, well that's what they would say. It uh, stay where you too. Maybe that's how they'd say it. God, that's like 25 years ago, and I worked in the oil field, and I worked with a few of the Newfie guys, and they were absolute hilarious characters. Um, yeah. Really funny guys. And well, when I would work with the one, but sometimes I'd work with two of them. And then when they got together, I could not understand a word. Like all of a sudden, you know how you mentioned you sped it up? It was just like they start talking together and all of a sudden they're like speed talking. I'm like, what? What is going on? Like it's amazing how all of a sudden you get in a group and then they're just like, it's the I'm like, pardon? I don't understand anything. Is that how it is still? That is. For me, it is. Um, and, and I know for a lot of my buddies, certainly. You go to the Newfoundland is unique in that. <laughs> You know, people have a lot of pride. I mean, people have pride in their province, but I guess where it's isolated and we get a, a bit bigger population for a small, or I guess it's not a small island. It's the 14th biggest in the world, but you know what I mean. We, For Atlantic province, we have a lot of representatives. We have as many Newfoundlanders or more living away than living here. I think I think it's like six or 700,000 on the island. But there's a Newfoundland like bar in every province, like at least one. Some, you know, you don't necessarily... I don't know. I don't go to Clarenville and say, "Oh, this is the Saskatchewan bar," you know. But but it, it, there's some reason Newfoundlanders stay together when they go to work. There's a lot in Fort McMurray. There's a lot in Alberta and all kinds of places. But Fort McMurray's like sixty percent. Uh, you know, Cambridge winter, uh, Cambridge's uh, Galt, Cambridge, Kitchener area, uh, Waterloo in Ontario has a lot of Newfoundlanders. They like to hang out, you know, away from the province. I guess. I don't know if we're, we, there's there's a level of homesick, you know, because we grow up. You might say it's isolated, but you know, you just there, there's definitely a sense of pride that comes with that. And uh, you can when Newfoundlanders get together, especially at a bar, if they're having a few drinks. Well, I mean, Ted Hitchcock is the tip of the iceberg. You know, you you often won't be able to understand it, right? I can start going like this right now, Jason. Right? We can talk about when are we going to drop the puck tonight. When are the Oilers playing or the Oilers? They'd say the Oilers. When are the Oilers playing? Boys, when are the Oilers playing? Right. I can do it all day long. It's just uh, it's part of life here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would think so. And, hey, speaking of the orders, they're playing against the New York Rangers. Uh, it's Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy uh, night for uh, for the Edmonton Orders. Uh, you know, Charlie Huddy uh, won five Stanley Cups as a member of the Edmonton Orders. Uh, undrafted player, ended up having a great career. Uh, he, he told a joke today that when he came up his first game, he's playing with Paul Coffey. And, uh, Paul Coffey, and Charlie at first thought he was joking. And Paul says, okay, Charlie, you know what? We're gonna, I'm gonna help you. You're gonna make a really good impression tonight. So what we're gonna do is I want you to show the coaches how hard you're gonna work. So when the puck goes in the left corner, you're gonna go in there. I'm gonna stay in front of the net. 
But then when the puck goes to the other corner, you're going to go to that corner too. You're going to work both corners. And Charlie was like, yeah, okay, sure. They get into the game and he's like, yeah, coffee wasn't joking. He's in front of the net. I'm running in both corners. Like it was funny listening to some of the stories, how like, like, and Paul coffee, Charlie, how do would say if they were leading a game five to one, Coffee would purposely throw a grenade into Huddy's skates just to see how he would handle the pass, and they'd be laughing. Like, they just they had a lot of fun when they played. You know, it's funny. When we did that Kevin Lowe roast, and, I mean, I know these guys. You don't grow up as a hockey player. Like, I was born in 77, so I know all of them. I know their stats, you know. That's – and especially, think about it, without the level of video games we have now and distractions and – you know, I read a lot of books and I watched a lot of hockey. That's really what I what I did with my childhood. Play, played sports with my buddies, but that was the night times for sure. So I I remember a lot of classic games with the Oilers and everything. But when we were doing that, I did a deep dive because Kevin Lowe. I always said, you know, kind of underrated if you think how good he was. Oh like yeah, six cups and a vo- But then when I was doing the dive, I realized, wow, there's some other guys here. That are really underrated. Like it's, at least Lowe is out there, and you can like Charlie Huddy, Essa Tikkanen. Like these these guys had huge parts to do with the team, and it's just they were surrounded by so many Hall of Famers and all time greats that I hate. I, I don't know how, but they kind of get lost in the shuffle, right? So it's nice for something like this to happen. Oh yeah, it's fantastic for Charlie. It's uh, long overdue, and then uh, Doug Waite, uh, excellent player. Uh, who was traded for Tikkanen, uh, on, on the afternoon. Uh, they basically just switched dressing rooms. It's a, it's a kind of a crazy story, uh, when you think about that. So, uh, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you. Terry, quickly, uh, a change for the orders. Uh, Evan Bouchard is uh, going to move down. Philip Broberg is going to move up. Uh, I actually think this could be a good thing. Less is more. I talked about it yesterday in the show. Um, I have no problem. Bouchard's offense, no issues. Got eight points in six games, right? Like, and it's funny. His confidence in the offense is on with the pucks. Amazing. But he's had three goals where he just mishandles the puck. It's bouncing off his stick in the D zone. Not to mention, you know, not covering guys. I get all of that. But that's never good. Well, I shouldn't say never. But that's not really his forte, right? But his forte is handling the puck. I look, and Bouchard, you know what? He didn't mince words today. He just says, yeah, it's great for the offense, but we're getting outscored all the time. And, you know, he's referring to himself. I got to be way better defensively. Do you think less could be more with him for the next few games? And that it'll actually help him by playing fewer minutes, five on five. With Bouchard, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, look, this guy, if if there's a Jekyll and Hyde right this early, it's this guy. I mean, and it just seems that every time he makes a mistake, it ends up in the net. It's got to be tough, but, he, but he's bringing it on himself. I mean, come on. Some of these, you know, his box outs are pathetic. You know, there's some of these. I mean, like you said, he's, he's offensively so gifted. But, like, four goals have come just from, like, stick handling. Like just just losing the puck, like just just right in front of you. I don't know if he's squeezing the stick or he's not focused. I can't tell which side of. But yeah, offensively, I mean, what did he have? Two or three three points last game, I think. Yeah. Um. But definitely, I would think, and by extension, I, and I don't know, it's not a punishment. You're just going to play a little bit less, a few less minutes. Bro, uh, Broberg, I think. W- why not? Okay. First of all, deserves an opportunity. Why not? Really? Okay. The last thing I'll say on this. Sometimes, like when you asked me, just frame that, you know, because you framed that Bouchard's used to playing a lot more. He's going to get a few less minutes, say. But by extension, like they're not playing well. Maybe, maybe sometimes sit some some of the, like the, the veterans are making the mistakes here. A lot of them. Yeah. Like I don't know. 
Jason, I, I don't, I, I never, for me as a player, if I was playing poorly, I wouldn't bat an eyelash if I got benched for two or three shifts. We're not talking periods. I don't see it happen a lot. Maybe I'm wrong. I, it seems to me that you just keep going with the same guys. To me, I, I could be playing great. If I have two bad periods, okay, fair enough. Who's coming up? Holloway's going to get a shot in my... Okay, like I wouldn't even think to blink and complain about it. Maybe it's a different world. I I, I don't know. I, I don't talk to players much about that. I'm not in dressing rooms. But, you know, maybe sit a guy once in a while. Yeah, well, right now they can't. They don't have any extra bodies, right? So there's that factor. And I t- no, I don't mean for the game. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, reduce. I hey, I agree with you, right? You could reduce some minutes. Uh, the problem was uh, they Bouchard's one of about six guys who are actually contributing offensively right now. So uh, when you're down five four, you kind of got to suck it up and go with it. But uh, it'll be interesting, I think, if the game starts and if all of a sudden there's an early grenade. You know what? Uh, maybe he sits him, but the orders. Because they don't, well, I guess you could put Nurse in the power play for a game. It wouldn't be the end of the world. But uh, I don't see them sitting him right now. But I, I think it gets his attention reducing his minutes. But I actually think it might help him. I'd have no problem with Evan Bouchard's offensively game. So that's why it's hard for me to bench him because offensively he's doing what you want. He's just not doing what you want defensively. I was talking more about like forwards as well. Yeah, okay. Like sometimes you go out there and you have three bad shifts. Sit, sit you for one or two. That that I, I just don't okay. see much of that. Yeah, right? I, that's fair. I, I'm. I honestly, I could be one of the few, but I still have like a lot of confidence in Bouchard, and he's really, really playing poorly. But I saw with my own eyes, and so did you, so did everybody else the last 30 games last year. And if it's a focus thing or just like mentally getting prepared, that's not a great sign. It's not quite alarming. It's not great this early in the year, but it's also easily fixable, which is good. 327, welcome back. Edmonton Sports Authority. Sports 1440, also Orders Nation YouTube. Hope you're having a great day. Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy are going into the uh, Hall of Fame later tonight. And then the Orders trying to end their three-game losing streak as uh, they face the New York Rangers, who uh, come in pretty good defensive team. They've uh, allowed one goal in four of their games. Now they have allowed nine in the other two. But uh, still, in six games, they've only allowed 13 goals. And they've allowed the fewest shots in the NHL at 5-on-5. So uh, they do not give up a lot. Uh, They come in as the uh, fifth lowest uh, goals against per game. Uh, Shesterkin, who actually has an 897 save percentage, funny enough. Now, it's a small sample size because uh, in two of those games, he allowed nine goals. In the other three, he only allowed three. So depending on the game, I guess. Hey, if the order score two, history says this year they'll score four or five. We'll we'll see how it goes. Let's get to our uh, big guest of the day brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies with state-of-the-art motor coaches will take you and your group safely to your next destination at silentrides.ca. And uh, we're going to be joined by the uh, uh, I think the, the, well, the greatest pitcher in, uh, in Canadian uh, history, of course, uh, was in the uh, is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was the uh, first player uh, when he retired to have at least 3,000 strikeouts and fewer than 1,000 walks. He had a phenomenal career, so uh, we'll try to track down uh, Ferguson Jenkins. Also played for the Texas Rangers and the Cubs, Red Sox, Phillies. But the uh, majority of his time was with the Cubs, but he did play for the Rangers. And, uh, hey, you know, anytime you play for an organization, and I think they get to the uh, to the World Series, you're probably watching a little bit closer. So we'll uh, we'll see how uh, how that pans out, try to track him down. And in the meantime, we've got a lot of texts coming in at uh, – 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube 
inbox. Um, guys, I, I listened to uh, Evan Bouchard. He's saying all the right things. How do you go from saying the right things to doing the right things, Terry? That one comes I, in from I don't Mike. know. It's early. I, I, I do know. I think with him, it's honestly being focused. I can't tell, though, like I said, Jason, if he's not focused or he's too focused, squeezing his stick. But these are peewee mistakes and almost like scatterbrain stuff, right? And you got to figure out a way to get mentally locked in. How he's going to do that, I don't know, but we all see the talent, right? I mean, his talent is undisputable. It's undeniable. It's always been there, and at times he's a mesmerizing. He's, he's a joy to watch, and at other times he's a complete dumpster fire, and that's usually in the defensive end. So I don't know. I guess lock it in. That's the easy, easier part of the game to adapt to, you know, get better defensively. And it's, it is interesting because now him not picking up the guy in front of the net, he admitted, you know what, obviously i got to do that better. It's the goals that have led uh, have come from him just mishandling the puck, which is his forte. That's the one thing I'm like, hey, if you ask me at the start of the year, what's Bouchard going to be good at? Outlet passing, stick handling, shooting. That's what he does, right? And his confidence is off the charts in the offensive zone. He's got eight points in six games. And usually when your offensive part of your game is there, you know, you're at least going to be able to handle the puck. And that's what's kind of shocking to me. And, you know, he just said, you know, it tightens up. So I think a little bit it's between the years where he's in the defensive note right now. And he's just like, oh, my God, don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. And now all he's doing is making more mistakes. Yeah. And he's uh, I, I think John Slaney, good Newfoundlander, played 200 odd games in the NHL. It was a knock on him kind of thing. He was offensive, but he wasn't great defensively. And he's like, sometimes people, he said, I remember talking to him years ago, and he, he said they, they perceived me as soft, and, and maybe I was to a degree. But he said, like, my problem was often thinking offense in the defensive end. Maybe the puck will squirt free, I'll get it and get it. Like, I see sometimes that with Bouchard. Like, you shouldn't be thinking defense right in front of your own net or be or behind your net or anywhere around your net in your zone. But I think he often does that. Like, he cheats. I don't know if you've noticed that or what the breakdown is or analytically how they would – uh, measure that but it, to me he's often cheating offensively from a place that couldn't be any further away from the opposition's net uh, which again comes to just being focused but I, I I think I do think that there's a point of overanalyzing it at least with me and I, I really think it's just mental focus clarity and, and just locking it in and playing playoff hockey you just got to get in that mindset and so does the entire team Right. Yeah. And so it seems like the players know what the issue is. You know, Leon Drysaddle, and by the way, Leon Drysaddle is one of the few guys that isn't the problem. Leon Drysaddle's offensive numbers are there. He's got 11 points in six games. His defensive numbers are there. He's outscoring teams five on three. He's out shooting them five on three. Everything's good. And that's with, you know, some pretty shoddy defensive play and goaltending when he's not on the ice. Right. Like he's, he's kind of the, the exception right now. Uh, the nurse and CC pair are pretty close, but, the rest of the team, they're struggling. A lot of them have said, hey, you know what? These are individual efforts. So you talk about it, and I guess it's it's good that they know what the issue is, Terry. But it's game six now. Like, you got to figure it out. Like, it's, it's the National Hockey League. It's your job. So, like, what could be said as a leader to get them to help figure it out? Well... <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like a complex question, but it is yeah. a, a pretty good question. Like, because uh, let's let's say, God, there was a couple of goals in the last game that really were bothersome. 
I think it was the third or fourth. Er Erickson Eck, maybe? Er Is is that his name, Erickson Eck? Yeah. Uh, Okay. I guess I could have written it down. Um, (laughs) But he he scored a goal, and it seemed to me that there there were veterans surrounding him, and I, I don't know how he got close to the net there. That's happening a few other times. It's like major league veterans that you wouldn't think, like like Ekholm and Nugent Hopkins, guys like that, that you really, you know, you expect more out of, and you've seen more out of. Like you've you've seen it. There's been a huge sample size. We're talking years, and you know it's rare, but yet. It seems that a lot of them, a lot of guys with a huge ton of experience in the NHL are making plays that you would expect to be benched for in peewee. And I'm not exaggerating. I wish I was. But like I said, Dreisaitl, there you go. How, do you, how does leadership step in? If Dreisaitl has been leading by example, then if you're telling me that his, you know, analytically his numbers still look pretty good, no surprise, I guess, it's Leon Dreisaitl. But within this dumpster fire, there are flashes of, of brilliance. And so well, look at Evander Kane. He responded well, at least in my mind he did. Yep. Right? He, he looked into it. Right? That's a good example. To me, that's a microcosm of the whole thing. Right? If he play, Okay, Evander, oh, you can play like that. Oh, yeah. now you could see it in his in his legs, in the way he was, his body language, all of it, right? The Oilers I know to be fairly fast, but they look slow. Yeah. I, 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 so, to me, that's there's some level of like the keys in the ignition. Turn it, okay? Let's go, let's go. You know, LFG, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't really see it, but you know, like Kane clearly prepared himself, came out. I'm glad he. Re- I didn't really doubt it, but. You know, if that's there, then what the hell were you doing the first five games, right? And there's there's other players. It's not always mistakes. It's you can tell when people are into it and, and giving all they got. And uh, unfortunately, it's rarer than than common right now for the Oilers. But I, I believe that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. A lot of this is is between the years. You know, may, you know, you can go the the old adage about a heart, and you know, I don't necessarily question work ethic and sometimes guys i don't think you get to the nhl by not being a hard worker i think it's impossible i just don't think you can you'd have to be ridiculously skilled uh and able to, to do that but uh for the most part they know how to work now some games you don't match the work ethic of the opposition right and i think just like when guys when you came out of junior terry and then you go to nhl camp you're like damn like i thought it was in pretty good shape but now i got to be in nhl shape and it was different and it wasn't that you weren't working hard enough you just didn't experience it so then it takes you a while then you get in nhl shape but now you're in the nhl and i get that some nights for a shift or two and that's why it's momentum the other team gets momentum and then you're scratching and clawing to try to get it back but the thing that i've seen about the orders is for whatever reason they get to the third period this year and it's and it is like it's off. It's just like the pilot lights. Like, whoo, what? What happened? Mm, mm, no, try to pull the mower again. And like that to me is shocking that you can be outscored ten to one in the third period. And you're right. You know, come to think of it, I mean, there's hard work, and then there's like work hard but work smart, mm-hmm. and then there's like the, the nonchalance. I, I guess that's it. It's it's not lazy always. It's this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best I can. Not even laxy days. It's 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 like you're you're in you're in the right gear. You're just going to the wrong places. You, you know, and, and um, it seems to me, like I said, okay, here we go. The the, the defensive system. 
Right? I mean, I don't know. People have been blaming it on that. Yeah. Whatever. No, Box plus one, yeah, one, three. What, whatever you want to say. You can tell a midget team, a, any system, you can introduce something completely new. But to me, that's the easiest part of adapting to, is the defense of, okay, just show me the system. Now, we all, there's only 10 players out here, five on our team. Now, where, where do I have to go? Okay, now let's do it. Thank right? you. And, and, and it's not even really that hard. When you break it down, go on and, and check out what that system is. It's almost meant to have the least mental tension. You yes. know, like it, it, it's a fairly easy system to play. So I don't buy any of that. Thank not you. that you asked, but it's don't, been brought up. Dude, I appreciate because I'm 100% agreeing with you. Yeah. So, um, and, and again, we, 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 you know, we've been saying it's early. It is early, but after this many, it's only five or six, I know. But still, there's there's obviously something. There's, there's a symptom of, of a problem here. You don't get that many open shots. Again, I don't know the analytics, but I, I've read the I've, I've, I've watched the games. There, other teams are getting an, an abnormal amount of shots mm-hmm. from the slot. From really, yeah, from, from in front of the net. I mean, okay, let's look at the goals. Now, I know overall most goals must be scored from fairly close to the net. Yes. But I think there's an awful lot. Like right in front of the net that you could have boxed somebody out or like you just made a poor decision and the puck. And, you know, sometimes that happens. But sometimes shouldn't turn into often when you're the Edmonton Oilers and that many experienced players. Well said. Uh, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440. Coming up uh, later on, your chance to qualify to uh, help your neighbor. Somebody's going to win a brand new high-efficiency furnace from Legacy Heating and uh, Cooling. We will uh, also get to the uh, lineups uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll speed things up. Uh, some controversy also with Shane Pinto. If you missed it, uh, he's being suspended. He's not going to appeal it. Uh, uh, he's being suspended 41 games. It's a unique suspension because it starts from the start of the season. So any games that they've already missed, and he's not signed, but uh, he'll be out basically half the season. So th- there's really no rush for Ottawa to sign him. When he signs, that'll be uh, prorated for his suspension. But his suspension starts... Um, 41 games from the start of the season. So he's eligible to play in game 42 of the season for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, this has to do with gambling. It has to do with a third party, uh, gambling. According to Frank Cervelli's article on dailyfaceoff.com, it's kind of hard to explain the details of it. So you want to read it. It's probably a little bit easier. You can check it out. Uh, we'll come back and uh, talk about another suspension. Two of them actually. Uh, not suspensions, just uh, getting disqualified. Next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube. Rolling through a lovely Thursday. It's game day on Sports 1440. The Edmonton Orders taking on the New York Rangers. Greger Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Coming to you live, Sports 1440. And for those watching on YouTube, it's time now for the Racing Report. Brought to you by Can Torque. And uh, they've continuing continued developing uh, tools and are excited to announce their newest design battery powered nut runners four models with 500 to 3000 foot pounds with more on the way check it out at cantorque.com as uh, Colin Livingston uh, fresh off his uh, trip 
to uh, Europe is uh, back in studio. Colin, and, um, you know, lots to talk about, uh, this past weekend in, uh, F1. As I was watching the race, I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, it's fairly competitive. Now you can get into the gamesmanship on, on when you pit. And, and I think Red Bull probably won that, but it was, a uh, it was interesting. Kind of, I guess the biggest story came after the race and the fact that, uh, you know, you, you had, uh, two guys disqualified, one being, uh, Lewis Hamilton and then, uh, Charles Leclerc. Explain to us non-racers, what was wrong with their vehicles that they get uh, basically uh, eliminated from the race? So there's um, a measurement that that the uh, the FIA has started to check. It's basically on the underside of the car, and there are these wear plates that um, give the FIA an indication of how low the car is running. Now the the spacer needs to be ten millimeters. That's the size it starts. It's got to be. Um, no less than nine millimeters when they're when they're done. Uh, Ferrari and Mercedes had theirs measured after the race post race inspection. It's something that's new uh, with this generation of car. They haven't had a measurement and they haven't had the means to be able to check this properly. They said earlier in the year they were going to start uh, checking this thing. When they did, both Mercedes and Ferraris were found to be too low. Um, like how low? Like eight millimeters? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. it, it could be uh, 8.999999999 uh, down to zero. It's the same penalty, which is disqualification and, um, you know, uh, not classified at all. So zero points. Uh, basically, they ran the race for nothing. And so do they is it because they think it makes them faster? What it does is it allows you to potentially run the car lower than what it's supposed to. Um what what the the net result was again one of my favorite things to watch after the race is the Mercedes uh, debrief and and um, I got to watch that today where they talked about how they were kind of subjected to this now the the track at Austin is extremely bumpy mm-hmm. and because last weekend was a sprint race they only had one practice session normally they have three over a weekend where they can kind of analyze what the car is going to do in various configurations they didn't have that ability this weekend because they only had the one session and then they went straight to the sprint and then they went into uh the race you know there was qualifying but qualifying you run the car so light on fuel they don't bounce as much um so with this this um really you know this aging surface that was super bumpy they just didn't leave themselves enough margin they admitted that it was their mistake they're not protesting they're not gonna challenge it and unfortunately they took what was a really, really positive weekend for them. The, the, the performance advantage of what they did is almost, uh, not measurable. Like, it's not like the, the Lewis's car was half a second a lap faster because they were able to run this thing so low. I mean, the, 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 the gain again is almost immeasurable, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's a fair penalty and yeah. rules you know, are rules got to buy by them. Um, so, but Mercedes did look quicker, right? Than oh, yeah. we've seen for sure. Is it a one-time thing or do you think, or will we won't really know here? Cause they're, you know, they're going here in a stretch where they race a lot, but what makes you believe that maybe Mercedes has at least closed the gap where they might be able to actually beat, 
uh, Red Bull here head to head? Well, I mean, the, the, the timings weren't that far off when they got into the real race runs. And that's where you really show your hand. I mean, you can make your car good for qualifying, but it's maybe not good for the race. Mercedes has shown mostly this year. Their car hasn't been great for qualifying, but it's been better for the race. Um, but during the, the race and with race pace, I mean, they were within a tenth of a second for a lot of the race run. And had they, um, had they, executed their strategy a bit better that when Max came in for his final stop, if they had not allowed him to undercut them, they would have at least had a shot. Not saying that that, that they gave the race win away. We never know how those things are going to play, but at least there are signs of encouragement. This weekend is going to be a little bit strange because in, in Mexico, um, obviously it's, it's high altitude, which means that there's less air for, um, you know, for the car's performance. There's less air for the engine. It's, it's dirty air, meaning that it's, there's a lot of pollution there. So the car isn't going to run uh, nearly as well. It's harder on the drivers. It's harder to keep things cool. So this weekend may not be the best indication, but then, they go from Mexico to Brazil next weekend. So this is, uh, it's kind of crazy because it's, it's three weekends in a row right now, but it's also going to be five out of the next six. And they go from Brazil, um, there's a weekend off, then they run Vegas and then, uh, they close in, uh, Abu Dhabi the following weekend. So it's, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be ready to be done here pretty quick. What kind of challenges? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Does that present, when you got F1 three weeks in a row and five of six uh, for the teams involved, well, obviously the, the challenge is that they don't get a lot of time between races to rebuild, to reconfigure, to add, um, you know, any upgrades. They're getting towards the end of the season where the upgrades are likely not going to be coming anymore, but just the, just the travel and the, um, the lack of downtime over this last stretch because they would have, they finished on Sunday. The teams take, uh, the majority of Monday and, you know, parts of Tuesday to get everything, you know, torn down, packed up, shipped. Then from Wednesday, 
you know, everything is flown in, but there's, you know, issues with customs because you're going from the U.S. to Mexico or potential issues with customs. The teams just don't get a break. They go nonstop. The drivers have to go from sponsor commitment to sponsor commitment, um, then get everything set up and, and, you know, reconfigure the car because again, the, the downforce level from a place like Austin, which is relatively low altitude to, to Mexico is, is, uh, significant. So they have to, you know, do that again in a real short amount of time. They only have, uh, like, two days to, to, you know, two effective days by the time they get their hands on their material to uh, rebuild it. And then they're right back into another weekend. They've got to tear it down again, go through the same routine and then off to Brazil. Um, then from there, um, I believe that the teams will actually probably get their stuff back to their home bases in Europe where they can, um, you know, do a more thorough um disassembly and you know more maintenance and all that then cart it back up get it back to vegas and then from vegas uh, they go straight to uh, to the middle east with uh, with abu dhabi emerson fittipaldi bit of a legend now his, his son's on the scene i believe pietro uh what's the skinny on this guy well pietro is actually his grandson um but he's had a he's had a really interesting career um you know grew up in um actually ran uh, uh one of the divisions of nascar as a kid um then moved over to the european formula um cars was was running uh, as high as formula 2 uh we were actually we talked about him a couple of years ago he was involved in a pretty serious accident uh in saudi arabia yeah. it was a on the start uh somebody didn't get moving he came up at speed uh really uh you know broke his leg pretty pretty uh pretty severely um but then uh he's been Doing some, um, some sports car stuff in Europe and has been working as the Haas, uh, reserve driver for the last couple of years. Um, got to meet him actually this time last year. We were in Mexico City for the uh, Formula One race. Um, he's the, the nephew of Max Pappas. Max was racing with us, um, during that, uh, Legends Cup. Um, you know, where it was all the, um, former champ car, IndyCar guys. So got to spend, you know, quite a, I shouldn't say quite a few, got to spend about five minutes just chatting with him on pit road as we were walking from one place to another. Like just super, super nice kid, really happy for him. And I think he's going to excel. Um, he's, he's, uh, signed on to join, uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan next year. He'll be doing a full season. He really likes doing ovals, which is kind of unique for formula drivers. They don't get that experience in Europe, but of course he's, um, he was raised in, uh, in the States, so he's got a fair bit of, uh, of experience there. Uh, Uncle Max definitely knew his way around there, and, uh, Emerson, grandfather, is, is, uh, no short or no, no stranger to success in IndyCar. Uh, so uh, he's going to be a fun one to watch next year for sure. Now, you guys just got back, Colin, from the, uh, over in, uh, Italy, uh, the, the, the cart challenge. Uh, sounds yeah. like you guys could have used Terry Ryan over there to, to help you out. There, there's some fisticuffs going on, <laughs> yeah. TR. Like, what, what's going on in the karting world there, man? Well, these European guys, man, they're, they're crazy. Like, we were over there for this cart race. Now, to be, to be fair, this wasn't like a standard cart race. This isn't the kind of stuff that we do on a normal basis in racing carts, like in professional carts. These were rental carts. Okay. Like you've got at the, the racetrack here at the mall, like you've got, you know, all over the place. These are the carts that you can get in, no problem. You pay your 15, 20 bucks yeah. and you can go. They're rental carts. They're not 
you know, super competitive um, vehicles. But it was made up of drivers, like race drivers. You had to have an FIA license. You had oh. to be sanctioned. But the idea was, we're going to go have some fun. That is not the way it, it worked out. It was it was in the gamesmanship and the the nonsense that some of these drivers tried to get away with. So there was a minimum weight. Now, let's just say politely, I was not a threat to run underweight. When I went on the scale, the dude looked at me and he said, I, I said, don't say the number out loud. And he said, agreed. <laughs> and then I said, do I have to do this every time? And he looked at me and he said, nope. No, you're you're, you're going to be good. good this weekend. I said, okay. I mean, you know, honestly, I was about 50 pounds heavier than I needed to be. So I didn't need to add weight. But some of these little bastards who had to put weight on would finish their heat because we were just going back and forth between these cards. They were randomly assigned. Yeah. And they would leave the weight in to screw over the next driver that got in. So if you weren't paying attention, you know, you could have an extra 20 kilos on your cart or an extra oh, 10 kilos goodness. on your cart. And they would, they would like play all these kinds of games. But as these guys were coming out of the carts, like there were fights on pit road. And because it's, it was mostly Italians, like there, there was, there was so much, um, hand gesturing and there was so much, um, you know, passion. These guys were just going nuts. In in my uh, my my heat race, there was an accident on the the opening lap. Uh, somebody made contact, spun out. I avoided all the contact, drove around, didn't lay a bumper on anyone the whole weekend. But I'm not competitive because you know, fifty pounds overweight with you know only fifteen horsepower, I can't do an awful lot to catch up to these guys. But I probably I moved up to about twelve. Then I slowly kept getting picked off, and guys were like t-boning me in the corner. I'd be in the middle of a corner. There's no way a driver's going to make it, and they just plowed into the side of me, knocked me out of the way. Like what the hell's going on? Like this is it was just it was ridiculous. We get to the last lap. I think I was in 18th place out of 20 carts. Two corners from the end. I get into the corner. This guy gets onto my bumper, doesn't slow down as I like, you have to slow down for this particular corner. The 19th open. place guy? 19th place gets <laughs> onto my bumper, drives me into the grass and then passes. I'm like, this is for 18th place. Like, are you serious? So I, I talked to, I talked to Tag and the guys. I'm like, boys, I'm done. Like, uh, this isn't, there's no point in being on the track with these guys because they're just, they're just stupid. So yeah, I hung up my helmet and then I, uh, I carried on. Now, did the Canadian teams, uh, win the overall team title? Oh yeah. Yeah. We won, uh, with, uh, Jeffrey Petriello and Pierre Luc Ouellette. Uh, they did, they did most of the heavy lifting. Yeah, not, yeah. not well, gonna lie. Well, it sounds like that 19th place finish wasn't really helping you out in the standing. Although I guess if the other team had the 20th place guy, then they, they I was beat him. I was better than 21. Like exactly. that's, that's way better points. But yeah, Jeff won. Pierre Luc, uh, finished second. They, they managed to figure out their program they were able to draft off each other um yeah it was i mean that part of it was great to see but um yeah i was also happy to get out of, like it was just it was so silly it's like guys it's like the weekend warriors there's no oh it's classic it's like the classic line in men's hockey league You're like dude the dream's over okay there's no scouts out here calm down yeah, yeah, nobody got a contract. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, this wasn't even like that same weekend at Lenato, uh, which is like, a, like one of the most legendary karting tracks in the world. There was an actual event with, you know, shifter carts and, you know, full two stroke racing. We got to watch some of that, uh, that practice. Like 
those guys are so awesome and getting to watch that. And it's like, guys, you're here at the rental car event. You're not even, you're not even up the road at the real track. Like forget about Formula One and IndyCar. Like guys, just, you know, oh, know, know your awesome. role here. It's awesome. Uh, great stuff, Colin. Get some sleep and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Thanks, boys. It's Colin Livingston in the uh, can. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense. Stay within your limit. Go to gamesense.ab.ca and learn more. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 